It's tied to the voice of God. The voice of God. The voice of God. God wants to remind us about his voice. We please turn our Bibles quickly to the book of Psalm 24. Psalm 29, my apologies. Psalm 29. And if you read from, if we read from verse 4 um, to 9, Psalm 29, from verse 4 to 9. The word of God reads, it says, The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. It says, The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. It says, He makes them also skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian, like a young wild ox. It says, The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. It says, The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice, it says, The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. So the voice of the Lord makes the, makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says, glory. It says the voice, the voice. It says when the voice, when the word goes out, when the voice is projected, it says things happen. That's what the word of God is saying here. That his voice is so powerful. It says it's full of majesty. It says when that voice is heard. He says he breaks the sea that he breaks whatever is like a stumbling block in a man's life. I don't know if you remember the old trains of those days and the, the coal trains, you know, they are, they are heavily built and they are heavy. And you can just think of trains, uh, think of those trains that the brakes were not so effective carrying coals. And when the train is moving, amen, and anything that stands in its path, it destroys. It clears out. That is how the voice of the Lord is. That when it moves, whatever is before it, it, it drills through the mountain. Amen. That is the voice of the Lord. Amen. It says even the, the, says even the one that is barren. It says when the voice of the Lord goes, the barren becomes fruitful. That's what the voice says. The voice of the Lord. The voice, the voice. But one thing that I want us to understand that before the voice is the word. The voice is what causes the word of God to manifest what the word, what God's intentions are. Is word. So without the voice, the word, the manifestation of the word of God can never come to pass concerning a man's life. The voice. So they go intertwine. Without the word, the voice is nothing. It's just a sounding, it's just a clashing symbol, it's just a, it's just a drum. Amen. That's the truth. But the word with the voice projects what God's intentions are. For example, in the, Gen- in the book of Genesis chapter 1, in verse 3, the word of God says, let there be light. In his intention, his word was, let there be light, but the voice, someone spoke, the spirit spoke, let there be light. And because the voice had gone, automatically, light just appeared. Amen. Light just appeared. That's what it does. The voice. It creates. That's the truth. That's why the word of God says in Amos chapter 3, verse 7, it says, surely... The Lord God, Amos 3, 7 says, The Lord God does nothing 
unless he reveals a secret to his servants, the prophets. That he does nothing unless it has been revealed so that the servants of the Lord would, can voice God's intention. When the Lord said to Ezekiel, he said, son of man, can this bone live? That's what God said. Can this bone, this dry bone, bones that the dry bones full in, 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 in field in the valley. He said, son of man, can this bone live? And Ezekiel said, only God, only you know if these bones can truly live. And the word said, prophesy. And as Ezekiel, Ezekiel spoke, what the Bible says, the bones are coming bones to bones. Amen. When it was time for those bones to become living, when those bones have come, sinews have come, it says, prophesy to the wind, and breast came, and those people rose up, became an army. The voice of the Lord. And it's something that this, the Christians truly do not understand. You see, the voice with understanding is what brings solution, is what brings impact into a man's life. Amen. Amen. That's why the word of God says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, Hebrews 4 verse 12, it says, the word of God is living and is powerful. It says, that word is living and is powerful. It says, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow. And it's a descendant of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. It says the word, the word, the word. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 15, verse 16, Jeremiah 15, 16 says, 15, 16 says, Your words, God, which says, were found. I found it. And I ate the word. He says, And that word was to me joy and rejoicing of my heart. That is why it saddens my heart when people don't find joy in the word of God. When people don't cover time to spend, to meditate. To, to fill themselves with the word so that the voice can be projected. It, 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 when, when you're reading the word and it's not gladdening you, Jeremiah says that I found it and it was joy. I found joy. Like, you know, picking up the word. I just found joy because it brings life to me. That's what Jeremiah is saying. He says I ate it. That means I meditated on it. I chewed it. I, I took time out to study. I took time out to understand this word. And as much as I did, he says he became rejoicing because when he, meant, when he says he became rejoicing, it means that the intention of that word became it manifested. Because when something you are trusting God for and understanding comes and begins to manifest in your life, it brings joy. He says he brought rejoicing in my heart. That's what Jeremiah says. Amen. The voice, the word. It's so important. That's why I believe next year that, you know, as we take the Bible, as we meditate on it, as we study together, I believe that somehow we will see more tangibleness of God in our lives. Amen. You know, the voice, that's why when we read the scripture, you know, we read uh, Matthew, Luke, and, uh, Matthew, Luke, John, Amen, and Mark. When you read all those scriptures, it just amazes me when Jesus, you know, the, the Bible makes us understand, makes us understand in the book of in John chapter 1, from John chapter 1, I think, to verse um, 4. It makes us understand that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. 
Amen. And it talks about the word became flesh. And, you know, and the word, it says, uh, when there was, uh, in, in, when there's darkness, it was light in the place. It does, I'm just paraphrasing it. But one thing that makes us to understand that if you look at the life of Jesus, when Jesus walked the face of the earth at that time, the man at the pool of, of the pool of Bethsaida, the man has been there 38 years. And Jesus Christ says, ah, you want to be made old? And the man said, I don't know. And Jesus said, okay, pick up your mat. You know, because the voice, you know, God, God, Jesus is the word. And when the word spoke, the voice, he saw action. That's what happened. He saw action. You saw action. The, in John chapter 9, verse 7, this is somebody else that was blind. John 9, 7, it says, And Jesus said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated saint. So he went and washed, and he came back seeing. He just spoke. Amen. He just spoke, and it just happened. That is what the voice does for you and I. But if we will take time out and begin to understand and to take time out and understand the word and invest time in the word, when the word, when God now says, voice my word, it will become a manifestation in your life. Something happened, I was away recently, um, just over the weekend, um, on Thursday night till Saturday I came back. And a lady called me. You know, you know many, many a times we, we, we it's not. Uh, a lady called me, cut a long story short. And she said, Oh, she couldn't sleep all night. I said, What is the issue? She said, Oh, she was diagnosed with, with um, what is it called? She was diagnosed with um, um, uh, something stone, I think gallstone gall or gallbladder or something like that. I said, You can't sleep, that's the reason why. And I just heard in my spirit, what God was trying to say that you won't live, you won't die, but you will live. And those people declaring it to her. And I said, go and sleep, that whatever has been troubling you, in the name of Jesus, is being shattered. And the lady called, and I was in the program the following day. And in the afternoon, I said, okay, how are you feeling? So the lady sent a text. She said, oh, that she couldn't believe that she had she slept, that person that couldn't stay all day, she now slept. She said when she woke up in the middle of the night, she said, that, oh, she was so scared to move because of the thinking that the pain would come. And there was no pain. And I say this because it wasn't anything to do with me, but it, it just had to do with the voice. Because when you hear the word and you, pro- and, you pro- and, and, and you voice the word out, it manifests what it's supposed to accomplish. But one thing is that if we don't have the word, the honest truth is that We'll be voicing just nothing. We'll be speaking, but nothing will be happening because it's not the word of God. But who does now? The question is that everybody speaks every day. Yes, the Bible makes us to understand that life and death is in the power of tongue. We can understand that in the book of um, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It says, death and life and the power of the tongue. It says, and those who love you will eat the fruits. So it doesn't mean the Job tells us that thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established to you and light will shine. Yeah, then just go and keep decreeing. Why is it not happening to a lot of people, a lot of Christians? Why is that thing not happening? You say you are praying, you are praying, you are praying, you have declared, you have decreed, it's still the same situation. Why is something not happening? Because there is a disconnect, because it doesn't make sense. 
But one thing that the Holy Spirit revealed to me that if we turn our Bibles to the book of John chapter 5 and verse 30. John 5, and this is the key. One of the major key. This is what Jesus Christ, this is Jesus, God incarnate on earth. This is God himself on earth saying this. John chapter 5 from verse 30. He says, I, that's Christ himself, can of myself do nothing. I can do nothing. He says, as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will. But the will of the Father who sent me. Saying that as I hear, I speak. When I pronounce a judgment, it is accurate because it is not my own judgment. That's what he's saying. That when I judge a matter, it's not me judging, it is the judgment from God. He says that, you know, I don't seek my own at all. As I see, I say. As I hear, I say. As I watch my father do, is what I do. I don't do otherwise. That's what the scripture says. That is why when Jesus walked the face of the earth, he, he didn't, he, he, when, he sp- when he spoke, it happened. It wasn't, um, how would I put it? It wasn't lottery. That maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. Let me just try. No. He was always accurate. That's why the Bible says that none of his words fell to the ground. And God says, and Jesus is telling you and I that greater than this we will do. Amen. That's what Jesus said. That greater than this you and I will do. Even when times were tough for him. He said, Lord, not my will when he wanted to go to the, about to go to the cross. Even though things were tough. He said, well, Lord, I wish this cup would pass, me, oh, cup could pass by. I wish this challenge could go. But Lord, I understand that it's not about me, but let your will be done. Just make your grace sufficient for me. That's what Jesus said. Amen. Because he understood. That's one reason why I, 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 I don't know how to encourage us more. Uh, to love the word of God, just like Jeremiah said. To invest time in his word so that his voice can manifest the reason why he has given us those words. In the book of John 5, what Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 38, he says that, but you do not have his word, from verse 38. He says, but you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scripture. It says, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. You may have life. He says that, but you know, you do not have his word. The truth is that how many of us has, have the abiding word of God? I'm not talking about someone that can quote the scripture. Many people can cram. Many people know how to cram and quote. But when the scripture becomes living and powerful in you, it quickens your spirit man. And that is what the word does. And when he quickens your spirit, man, you have no choice. There's a scripture, uh, Jeremiah said once, I can't remember the exact scripture. He says the word of God was in his bones. And it's something that he could not hold back the word, but only but to speak the word. That's what Jeremiah said. And that is what the word ought to be in you and I. 
because of his voice. It is that voice because when the word is in us, when we voice that word, it manifests what he wants it to do. That's why the word of God in Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent his word, he healed them, and he delivered them from that destruction. That's why I keep wondering, people are always jumping from one place to the other place and deliverance of this or that. And it, it, it amazes me. Because one thing I know is that if I have the word of God abiding in me, then darkness cannot dwell in me. It's just, you know, all the deliverance we need is in the word. The question is, have we truly invested time in that word? Many haven't. Many haven't. Let's look at what it says here. Um, in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Let me open the scripture here. I would read it from, I would just read it from verse 1. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And in the beginning with, and it was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. It says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And this is the word. It says, and the light where shines in darkness, and darkness did not what comprehend it. So what is simply saying that if you think you need deliverance, it's simple that once you have that word abiding in you, what it's saying is that because that word is abiding in you, whatever darkness is there is in your life, that darkness has to flee. That's what it's saying. Amen. That, and I was sharing something. I mean, with, I mean, there, I was sharing something with uh, with somebody. I said that that when you are praying, when the when when people say they need deliverance, it simply means that when you are praying for someone and God shows you a vision. You know, some people say that I was praying. There was a gentleman recently praying for a guy who was about to go mad, go, go insane, and as they were praying for the gentleman, the gent this. This, or this gentleman that was praying for this other gentleman saw a woman sitting, this is a spiritual thing, saw a woman sitting on the head of somebody else. And as he saw the woman, yes, saw a woman sitting the spiritual side, saw the woman sitting on the person's head. And just by seeing what simply happens that the man became himself again. Because what they simply mean about spiritual things is that once your eyes have been opened in the spiritual realm that you can see an operation, the enemy can see you, you can see. Them. Once they know, you know, like a thief, once the thief is found, you don't have to tell the thief to run. The thief knows that you are seeing him. What does he do naturally? It takes off. If he's not seen, he will carry on operating. That's why the Bible says they operate in the dark. Amen. So what I'm trying to just encourage us that when the Lord shows you, you know, most, most times people will go, when they see something like that, they start when you have a dream and God shows you certain things, then you start praying and you start buying and start losing. Once it has been seen, the enemy has to flee. All you're just simply doing is just a pronouncement. It's all, all about what? Understanding. Amen? It's just what? All about understanding. So that's why I encourage people that we must know God for ourselves. A good example is, uh, 
that is a true life story. A man of God, and I just keep telling people to know God for yourself. I know what I'm saying. That we don't, we don't have to discover God through the eyes of, and because we are unique. You, I don't have the same DNA as mine. I don't. We don't share the same DNA. Even though twins born the same day, just minutes apart. If you ask the mother, even though you look identical, they are different. That's the truth. There's a man of oh God, the general officer of this mission. He, okay, he said. He wanted, he was believing God for more of God. And he was led to do something like what Jesus did. He said, he told his wife, I'm going to rent a two-bedroom flat. And I'm going to be there for 40 days. All I need in this two-bedroom flat is just water. Lock me in and go. Come back in 40 days' time. Or just lock me and he went. And he went. And somebody heard the same story. And the guy said, oh, I want this, I want this. And he told his wife too. Lock me in. Another prophet and go. The point is, after 20 days, the guy opened his eyes in the hospital. Stolen blood. If the wife had not come, perhaps he would have died. Another story was another man that said, and this is another pastor, that said, oh God, I'm believing you for divine, I'm, divine. I'm not going to use any medicine, I'm not going to use any medicine, I'm not going to use any medication. And he refused. That God removed. He died. That's the truth. When I keep saying Know God for yourself. Everybody's journey is different. That is why the key is you must be willing to pay the price. You see, when people go, that's why I at least say something to people that, why is it that when, I said this before, that when you have a massive crusade, people want healing, people want deliverance, people want this, people come, and after they receive that, what happens? You don't see them again. They're not investing time in the world. But God wants you. It's a relationship. That's the truth. That is why when Jesus Christ did what he had to do, when he went to the other side, when he fed, after feeding some thousands of people, what happened? He now decided to say, let's cross to the other side. And as he crossed over to the other side, the people woke up in the morning, they didn't see Jesus. They went on both sides looking for Jesus. When they found Jesus, ah, Master, you are here at this side. <laughs> Jesus said that. He's not, you are not looking for me for the world. It's because you ate the food. <laughs> that's why you are here. You are looking for me. But that's the story of so many people. Do you understand? But that's the story of many. That's why somehow the, the, the power of God is lacking in the heart of men. That's why Jesus Christ said here that, look, that, you know, as I see, my, what I'm seeking is not my will, it's the will of the Father. And I might pray. Sometimes I practicalizing it. Honestly, you know, naturally, this, the natural state of man is if we are in the flesh, you know, but we are in this world, we are not yet of this world. But however, this flesh thing is something that is contending with the will of God. But it's something here that we too have to really earnestly pray and say, God, when you are, when you are, when you are struggling, sometimes I do struggle. That sometimes I find it, the, the Bible becomes tedious once in a while. But I know that that is not how it ought to be. I take myself back to God and pray to God, God, I don't like this feeling. Just bring freshness of your word. Do you understand? It's something that we go through that. And it's something that we will constantly go through. Because the Bible says the devil is a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. All the devil wants to do, he never gives up. His duty, his basic duty here on earth is to stop believers from making it to heaven. And as long as he loses today, tomorrow he will keep trying. He never gives up. 
That's the truth. And something that we must understand. But going on quickly, the Bible says here as well, one thing we should understand that the one that will, that, that the one who the, work, the, 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 the voice of the Lord will walk for, as I said, is one who will do the will of the Father. Amen. And it's something, one that also, that does not lack understanding. Amen. Because if you know who you are in Christ, you will never settle for less. If you lack understanding, I was in a, in a conference and there was a gentleman, you know, I used to think of, God, I used to think of people in the IT field. Then I heard, oh, they make a thousand euros a day. You know, those guys who are contractors, oh, wow, fantastic. One thousand two. And there's this gentleman, he, he was very redundant in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, uh, and he was just talking generally. He was probably, he was making over 60,000, 70,000 euros easily a year in salary. And he was very redundant. For almost two years, he didn't work. Even other jobs that came in between those two years, he turned them down. And his wife was saying, are you crazy? How are we going to feed? The 60,000 euros job came, and you say you don't want it, and the guy said no, because I know I'm worth more than 60,000 euros. Yes, I know you open your eyes and see that. Are you crazy? However, <laughs> however, bear in mind that it was made redundant, so obviously he still has some money, but yet, even in that two years, they were probably spending the redundancy money, but the wife would have expected common sense to say, take 60,000 euros job. It's still something. The guy refused to take the job. But after two years, he got a job. And the job he got, he said he himself, he, he actually thought he knew what he was worth. But he didn't realize he didn't know what it was worth. Because they asked him, what is, what is the salary you want? How much do you want to be paid? And the guy was like, excuse me, how much do I want to be paid? <laughs> <laughs> so he told them, that, ah! He said, I'm coming. Give me this thing. He had to go and do a research of what he's worth. Cut the long story short. Even my, I was joked, my, 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 my mouth opened. He said, when he came, cut the long story short, he was being paid 700 euros per hour. What company is that? 700 euros per hour. That's over 1.8 million. A man like you and I. But the moral of the story is that even that, when he was in Italy and someone had told him how much this job you're doing, the man now said you're paid 700 euros. And I said, no, that you don't even know your worth. You are worth a thousand euros per hour. Yeah. What I'm trying to say here is that he had understanding. But I know that looks money, nice monetary value, look at it, but that's not the focus. But the focus for us here is that God has called us royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people. He has, you know, he, he says, just as Jesus Christ is, so we are. The question is, how many of us truly understand what we are worth in the eyes of God? That's why the Bible, the Bible says that I've seen princes walking and servants riding horses. It's, it's not right. Because we don't. The Bible also makes us to understand in Psalm, in, in, I think Psalm 49, uh, I think verse 20. It says, um, um, it says that a man that is in honor that does not understand is like a beast that perish. Because many Christians don't have this understanding. On, uh, Elijah, Elijah could declare and say the, there should be no rain 
at all because he understood and he believed. That's why he could declare and it happened. But a lot do not understand. Only few understood, understand. So I pray, you know, there is a, I don't know if anybody have heard of, um, there's a story, and so I'm going to overrun by maybe five minutes, please permit me. There's a story of, um, I was reading the newspaper recently, I mean, the news, uh, maybe a month ago, and there was a guy, um, there's a lawyer in the United Kingdom, and he has a nickname, amen. They call him um, something Lupo, I don't know if anybody have heard it before, um, something Lupo. They call him Loophole. That is his nickname. You know, a, a Caucasian. They call him Loophole. His nickname. Because he understood the law. He understood the law so much that he finds loopholes in the in in the in in the world. I mean, in the judiciary system. They call him Mr. Loophole. You know, all of us know Alex Alex Ferguson. And you know. The guy was driving the Bible. I'm just reading the quote here that this Sir Alex Ferguson was driving very fast. And they, 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 they stopped him. You know, he was supposed to go to, to the court and all that. And the next thing that this loophole guy said that the man was suffering from stomach upsets. That's why he had to run, drive so fast. He was suffering from stomach upsets. That's why he had to drive so fast. So the court, they squashed it. Amen. Then there's another story of a man that uh, it says they, 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 they came to court. They said the guy, I'm sorry, this is a bit um, funny. It says the judge, they said the guy was showing his, his penis. And that's why they took him to court. And the lupo said, no, he wasn't showing his penis, he was showing his testicles. So that means you are judging him for the wrong thing. Penis is different from testicles. Yes! <laughs> Because he understood. He, he said, stupid, stupid things. I know, I know we can all laugh and all these things. But because he knew his stuff. He knew. He understood. He knew his stuff. There's another one. The name was spelled. They wrote to, let's say they wrote to Mr. Larry Adi. And instead of then writing, actually, they wrote to Late Adi. And to the right address. And they got to the court, yes. You are... Punishing, you are persecuting late Ade. This gentleman is Larry Ade. So therefore, there is no case because you are addressing late. This is Larry. Do you understand? What I'm trying to say that this is the world. And if a man can understand, it's the same thing. That's what the Bible makes us to understand that we should study ourselves approved unto God. A workman needed not to be ashamed, but what? Rightly dividing the world of truth. It is up to you and I. Individually, everybody must pay the price. And it's something that we must invest time in. It will cost us time. Finally, the Bible makes us to understand in 2 Corinthians 6.14 that do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. He said, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? Because of time, our hearts has to be, our hands and our hearts has to be clean. They have to be pure and clean. Church, I just encourage us that the voice of the Lord is quick and powerful concerning us. It will work for you and I. But we ourselves, as I conclude, need to dedicate time to know the word 
We need to dedicate time in the presence of God to know his voice. Ask God for the gift of discerning of spirit. So we know when to speak and when not to speak. We know when, when he speaks, we are hearing and we can only do what he has asked us to do. We don't go where God has not asked us to go. So that we can always be at on point at every given time. Concerning your career, God, what are you saying? This gentleman I spoke about, you know, he, he was in the pharmaceutical industry. He was sharing something and he said that he wanted to do business. You know, he has his master. He wanted to do business. Um, he wanted to do a course in business and the Holy Spirit told him, no, I don't want you to do a course in business uh, in terms of advertising. And when he got to this job, the job had to do with the pharmaceutical industry, this job that they paid him so much money, has something to do with um, the business side of it. And he's more of an analytical person. And the now said, why are you guys giving me this job? This is not my strength. They said, we're not employing you for the business skills. Even though it's a business kind of job. The Holy Spirit helped him through. And what he said is that God is just trying to tell him that, look, if you had done business, you would have thought you are doing this by your strength. Mm. But he heard and he followed. Mm. His ways are not our ways. Mm. So it is for you to know. Mm. But it takes a relationship. You understand? And this gentleman said, and I'm just quoting it, and he said, that the reason why I got to, to this level was that most time when he was going through those two years, he said he was going from prophet to prophet, from place to place. After a while, after those two years, between those two years, and I said, no, I need to be able to know what God wants concerning me, myself, not what somebody else is coming to tell me. And that helped him to build his relationship with God. So church, you and I, it's you that God wants, is I that God wants. Let's just take ourselves before God and bow our heads and just speak to him.